Welcome. Pull up a seat, relax, and pour yourself a drink. You're invited to listen in on Bean and Bowman share life stories and personal perspectives. Okay, we are back. Hello there. Yes, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. And uh, I want to welcome all our listeners back today. And just to, to remind you, not uh, not only are we uh, uh, co-hosting this podcast, Bean and Bowman, uh, and we are, th- what, thousands of, physically thousands of miles away from each other. Um, thanks to this incredible technology, we can hear each other, we can see each other, we can have a real-time fluid conversation. Absolutely amazing. Uh, we are father-in-law and son-in-law, and uh, we we share in common, your daughter is my wife. And uh, by the way, I want to do a shout-out to, uh, to her, to uh, Lisa, Leia. Uh, it's her birthday uh, coming up uh, on Sunday. And yeah, then- just... The 19th of November, just want to do a shout out to her and wish her a happy birthday. Our topic today, very interesting. Our topic today, how sellers and buyers are related through the medium of advertising. So this is a relationship, a relational question. Uh, Steve, can you expand on this uh, on this title a little bit? Yeah, it's uh, it the, a good sentence to do that would be uh, know thy customer. All wisdom centers there. Nice, nice. Um, I, I like that. I think that that's pretty much what it's all what it's about. And and when you relate advertising uh, from the seller standpoint, in your case, your your product is bomb shelters and self protective devices. And in my my case, it's uh, helping people acquire existing coin laundries that are profitable and but the principles are the same so what you want to do is always lead with the benefit and use the feature feature as a reason why in other words when when you lead with the benefit in your advertising say you know if you if you were to be in danger's way and you got into the bomb shelter it's going the benefit is going to be your safety in Mm -hmm. my case going to be helping people acquire a laundry that's already profitable so they can't fail so the so this so the tagline is always leave with the be- you lead with the benefit and use the use the feature as the reason why which is a good method to put into your advertising you always want to give the cust- customer the permission to believe because they are don't necessarily believe on their own um and you know you can look at it this way too that features are our stuff yours and mine and benefits are the customer stuff we all have stuff we all have stuff we really do can i just ask you just interrupt you for a second on there would you sure. say for example going back since I, i'm i'm going to relate this from my own personal experience as you mentioned i'm the executive director of operation life shield which is a nonprofit organization that raises funds for uh placing shelters and other uh, other uh, safety and security uh, projects in Israel. So, for example, as you just said, would I say that a benefit would be, you know, uh, you'll you know you'll need a shelter because that's going to save your life, and a feature would be we know where to place those shelters because of our relationship with the local security officials. 
Yes, the feature would be the bomb shelter itself and where it should be placed. Okay. That's the feature of your product. Um, um, you, you, you have to, um, the idea is, see how it works? Make it easy for the reader of your advertising or the listener for your advertising. Don't make him or her guess. Don't make him or her guess what it should be because they will likely supply the, the wrong answer. Tell them what's in it for him or her and then prove it by citing the appropriate, uh, the appropriate feature in your advertising. In other words, you know, in your area of the world, there's there's some terrible war things going on, and and so that's uh, that's on them that's on their mind. What they're what they're concerned about is their personal safety. Uh, don't make them guess. There's no reason to guess. Um, um, the and and the most indispensable form of research is observation of the customer, and that's the way you find out what the customer is really thinking about by observing the customer, um, that will never let you down. Um, and, and never forget too, that in the end, the only purpose for advertising is to affect customers' behavior. That's the only purpose for advertising, uh, for to affect customer behavior. So uh, a couple of things jump up. First of all, you know, it's, I actually worked for somebody many years ago regarding your point on observation of, uh, of customer. Uh, and he once said, "Find." He used to say, "Find out where the crowd is going and get in front of them." Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> so. I thought that was always that always stuck with me. Possible to do. Right, right, right. So when you're talking about, uh, you know, this, this is exactly it. We we don't want to make them guess. And uh, and as far as advertising, as far as affecting customer uh, behavior, I guess the message that I want to do when I and so, you know, and I'm raising funds, raising money, looking after the money side, if you will, so that we can execute these projects is really going to be, uh, I, you know, we can connect you to a project in Israel because you want to support something in Israel that is going to be efficient, uh, uh, transparent, concrete, you know, in terms of tangible, and that you will see within short order the results of your donation, okay, and how effective it truly is. So, uh, and we're responding to the fact we have been we have listened to the customer or the donors, and you know what we've heard? We've heard their frustration. We've heard the fact that they have said, I, "I'd make a donation to a cause to a charitable organization. I don't know where it goes. I don't know what happens to it. I don't know if it's exactly everyone says it's urgent. A year later, they tell me the project hasn't been executed yet. I, we're hearing all this over and over again, okay? And what we try to do is respond and say, no, we can we can totally answer your questions. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, which brings me to the subject of research, the subject of researching customers. OK, um, what research is all about in a nutshell is finding out what matters to customers based upon the kind of product or service you are selling. And if you can unite the two, then you 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 have achieved your goal. Um, so what is it? To, what it, in the customer's mind uh, is going on when they decide to choose uh, a, a given product? Well, a, a, a number of things. Um, uh, two broad categories are emotional, which is how the product makes the customer feel. And the second broad category is expressive, which means that your product or service can help the customer, what your product or service can, can help your customer to become. 
so far we've said everything that's correct. It's 100% correct. If you do everything that you have, you have mentioned and I have mentioned, uh, you will be successful. Um, um, and you want to know how the customers are going to feel and what they will, will, will feel uh, as a result of using your product or service. And you never want to forget this only sustainable, sustainable source of a competitive advantage is superior understanding of the mind of the customer. How did you, how did you personally, how did you do your research for looking at both the emotional and the expressive uh, sides for your potential customer? What, what, what tools did you use? Well, what I, what I did was I, um, we used to design and build new coin laundries and because of uh, supply chain issues and the economy and so on, a, a, a new coin laundry will cost a million dollars. And I knew that new customers were, would not spend a million dollars. I could not get them to do that. So I had to create a new business. And my new business is let me help you buy a, an existing laundry for a fifth of the cost of a new laundry under my guidance, tutelage, and mentorship. And I guarantee you will not fail. And they sign up for my program. And I created my own website that said so. Mm -hmm. We get calls. We get calls all the time, um, and cust customers. In order to win the customer over, I use a model called ADA: attention, interest, desire, and action. Number one, you got to get their attention. Number one, you got to you, you got to get their attention. Um, number two, you got you, you got to pique their interest. Number three, you got to create the desire, and number four, you got to kick them into action. Hmm. Info are based on the model of ADA. ADA works every time. If you look at any infomercial, you will, you if, if the good or infomercial, you will see those things buried therein. Okay, so if we take, we talk about a, a bomb shelter, you got to get their attention. Getting their attention is obvious in, in, these, in today's world. Um, interest that you know you will get, if you get their attention, you will have their interest. Um, their desire is always there for self-protection. And then you explain to them how to take the appropriate action. So the model that I use, the marketing model, is ADA. And there are five primary buying motives in any product that anybody buys for any reason. And they are attention, interest, desire, and action. It's one or most or both or all of those, okay? You have to get their attention uh, pique their, their interest, create the desire and, and kick them into action. And you can do that very easily by gauging your advertising to include all of those. Right. So, yeah, uh, the, and it all it sounds like it's, you know, when you, when you, when you get their attention and you, you stimulate their interest and desire, and then that last A in the acronym ADA that's really where you've got to deliver, isn't it? That's that's the part where you can talk, you can talk and tell your story from now till the cows come home, but unless you kick them into action, as you say, then all it is going to be is going to be a narrative. All it's just going to be a, a storytelling, and 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 there's, there's going to be no sale or no donation. But there's going to be no no one's going to the to the cashier unless you have that last A. In the in in the equation, it's very very interesting, and you, it almost sounds like one of the things that we we do, and I'm sure you do, is you you almost have to handhold, 
and in, in a very kind and very professional way and say, now that we have your interest and, and you, you know, your, your, now that we have your attention, you've expressed interest. We've talked about your desire. Now let's in a sense, make that connection to how you can apply all of that into action. You have to give them me- the method of action because they may not know how to do it. Correct. In- oh, you have to show them an 800 number. So that's the that's how you kick them into, into action. The, in my view, there are five primary buying um, motives. Fear, greed, exclusivity, guilt, and the need for approval. Okay? Fear, in, in your case, the fear... The, the the fear is based upon their self-safety. Um, uh, greed doesn't necessarily fall into it. Um, exclusivity is to have the right protective device. Uh, guilt is factors into it is that if they don't take the appropriate action to protect themselves and the need for approval is the approval of their family uh, in terms of protection. So I'm going to go back. I understand the fear. <laughs> you know, we talk about bomb shelters. Tell me about the fear, the fear factor when you're talking about laundry, laundry solutions. Well, the the in, in laundry solutions, the fear of making a mistake and then losing their investment. Greed has to do. I'm not. I don't look at greed in a bad way. Greed has to do with profitability. Exclusivity means that they have an unusually wonderful laundry. Okay. Um, and, uh, guilt is if they don't take action and start and take and, and build and, uh, and, and buy an existing laundry, uh, they would feel very guilty if they hurt their family finances and the need for approval is for, from their family members that they've done the right thing to increase and maintain their, their, their income. Interesting. Very good. Very good. Fear, greed, exclusivity, guilt, and need for approval are the five primary buying motives. And your product has to include some or all of them. And if you dig deep down, you can always find a way. There was a guy by the name of Abraham Maslow, brilliant psychologist, and he developed a theory called the hierarchy of needs. He said the most basic needs are physiological, related to survival. Starving people need to eat. Freezing people need to get, get warm. Next comes the need to feel personally safe, and then people need to feel the sense of belongingness and esteemed. You can use this model on any social group or target audience, even cavemen, for example. Uh, a caveman's first concern is to find a cave to build a fire and sharpen some sticks so he can secure and defend his home and, and food, and, and, uh, and so he joins a hunting party, and he wants to be the best hunter. And finally, with all of his elemental needs taken care of, he has the leisure to draw pictures on the cave room wall. So since your product is a bomb shelter and mine happens to be laundromats, what's going through the minds of the customer um, for the product? That. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. There's no question that there's a, I can see that hierarchy taking place with, you know, again, with protective solutions, uh, that immediate physical sense of, um, safety uh and then and then kind of almost like moving moving in a more broader and broader way it almost like you're almost describing something that i'm visualizing as a pyramid uh where you're kind of sorry it is a pyramid it is a pyramid okay so that's the way it's drawn it's exactly right it's a pyramid abraham maslow's pyramid hierarchy of needs first things first 
Okay. And then we, you know, we've talked about this before uh, when we talk about quality control. Customers want to know how much quality control goes into the product. Okay. And I mentioned this to you in the past too. And so the name, if you were to name your product, it would be named what? It wouldn't be just named a bomb shelter. It would be named what? Life shield, life shield shelter. So if you say, unless I, unless it's a, I, it's a, unless I, is I say so, it's not a life shield shelter. Right. But I have to say so. Okay. Um, and the other one, the other one is with a life shield shelter, you will never fly coach again. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you will fly coach again. There's no reason to fly coach again. Now, now, take- let me ask you, let me. Let me ask you this, because there's a lot of emphasis in both of those, well, especially in the first one, and, and, you know, unless I say so, right? You know, it's it's not a life shield shelter unless I say so. Or you could be saying it's not a universal laundry unless I say so. At what, how much emphasis is important on the trust in you or the trust in me by the potential customer? 100%, because you're you're the one that's it's saying that 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 you're the one that's saying that you won't get one that doesn't meet my approval, and my approval is not easy to get. I was going to say, so my, you have to build you have to build a certain uh, reputation, right? Stephen yeah. Bean he needs to have a certain reputation that Correct. that things just aren't going to slip through your fingers here. I mean, they you hold by a very very high standard. You have to build that right. reputation, right? And you can use references for that. Um, and in, in, in doing your advertising, they always want to see what your product looks like. Okay. It's one thing to describe it, but the better to show them what it looks like. Any uh, good ad people will, uh, will, will draw, will have a picture there. Uh, they, because first they look at the picture, then they read the headline in the ad. But the picture gets their attention first. Uh, there's no be- a bench a better attention magnet, especially if they're if the if the pictures are relatively large. Visuals always attract attention, which is why the huge majority of successful ads contain them. One large photo is better than several small ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. It's very interesting. That is so interesting. Wow, wow, we amazing. Copywriters uh, should also avoid using the word if. IF in headlines, uh, it, e- it either qualifies the buyer for the product uh, or not. Such conditional statement might somehow weaken your message. It's not when, it's if, okay? Um, I'll, sh- I'll tell you a great example. Michelin Tires had a great ad uh, for tires showing an infant sitting on a Michelin tire with a headline that said, so much is riding on your tires. <laughs> now that that's brilliant, and I and I love the old Volkswagen ad that said, uh, "In our Wolfsburg factory, there are thirty three hundred and eighty nine people with only one job function, and that is to inspect Volkswagens at each stage of production." Notice it doesn't say there are over three thousand; it says exactly three hundred thirty three hundred and eighty nine people. Um, so the the whole idea is here is you're telling them is that it, that how credible this is it, it says that we pluck the lemon but you get the plums. <laughs> yeah, well, so but... when we look it over, we pluck the lemon but you get the plums. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So 
do you have to put yourself into the mindset of the buyer? Now, the, the, the mindset of the buyer is a function of circumstances and a number of other, of other things. In your case, your circumstances are a war, uh, some terrible events that are occurring, and so forth. They're obvious to everybody. In my case, it's the need to make a living, given the fact that their need to make a living has been wiped out because they can't spend a million dollars and won't spend a million dollars on building a coin-operated laundry. Whereas I can provide them with a laundry that's already profitable for a fifth of the cost. Right. And it also sounds like you, it sounds like you also did, you know, your share of research looking at the economy uh, and realizing that uh, um, perhaps there were cutbacks. I don't know. Were there, were there labor cutbacks? Were people losing their jobs? Were people finding that there w weren't enough, uh, you know, that, uh, the employment situation had some kind of an impact where people would say, I really think I need to be in my own business. I have no idea what that business is and I don't know where to begin. Um, is that something that, that would have also driven your, uh, the relationship between the, uh, the seller and the buyer? Yes, yeah, because the, the, the best business I know of today, bar none, retail-wise, is a coin laundry business. It's a non-discretionary product. Everybody has to do it. And it is protected now by the government in the case of any virus. They're building a lot of restaurants today. And the first thing they put out of business if a virus hits is restaurants. But coin laundries are now known as a necessary service. So it can't fail. All the laundries I find for them are profitable already. They're, they're, it's a fifth of the cost of new, and I will help them to be successful. And nobody knows more about the coin laundry business in this area than me, because I've been doing it for 35 years. So, what you, so when I get done talking to them, they generally say, fine. And I tell them, I charge a fee for our service. It's paid up front, but... I will, if I can't get on your behalf, the seller to reduce the price by the $15,000 I charge, at least I will have to give you back your money. So it's, they cannot turn me down and they cannot lose because they know, and I know, and we know that I'm on their side. Right. So you've clearly, you've clearly addressed the issue of circumstances and, uh, and and as you say, you've also given them that you know, that 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 last letter in Ada, the 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 uh, the uh, uh, marching orders to act. So I think that that really speaks to the success of really of your work. They say so. They say it's all right. So what do I do now? I said, what you do now is you we sign the contract. You write a check for fifteen thousand dollars, and we'll call you a client. <laughs> do and i've been immensely successful with that i uh, just did one over the weekend did one the other day and if, if they're worried about what happens to their fifteen thousand dollars tell them if we don't do do what we're supposed to do under the right circumstances i'll give it back to you ask me how many times i've had to give it back the answer is none right you deliver you absolutely deliver and i i, I totally understand that and i respect that and i think that I can relate to that from the work that we do at, at LifeShield, uh, where we make sure that at no 
point in time is anyone ever going to feel that their money has been wasted? At no point in time are they going to feel that they have bet on the wrong horse, so to speak, uh, that it's going to be a successful project from 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 beginning to end. And, uh, and we make sure that that happens. So we make sure that if somebody says, I want to do something to save lives, like you just talked about, the most basic, basic uh, level in, um, was it Maslow's? Yeah. If somebody says, I want to, I want to save lives. Fantastic. Okay. You got the desire. How are you going to do this? I've got a solution on how you're going to do this. And I know we can do it the best. And you're going to walk away from this experience knowing that that's, that's what you wanted and that's what you got. And you have to, as like I said, the advertising part of that is you have to show them during various stages of development. This is what it, this is what it's going to look like. This is how they're manufactured. This is how it's movable because it has a hook on top. And this is what it will do for you. And here's the one you funded being placed in place. A lot of times when people ask for donations, they never really are sure where it goes. You know, feed the hungry child and so forth and so on and so on. They, they have no idea where the money goes. But in your particular case, you have a built-in market. And you 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 at this point in time, I am confident that you know the mindset of the buyer because all the buyers in your area have the same mindset. You don't have to guess at what it is. You know exactly what it is. Now, in my my particular case, I have to sometimes guess what it is. They they have they get into the coin laundry business to be for for various reasons. Um, maybe they maybe they just like the idea of, of having an absentee owned business. Maybe maybe they find it to be fascinating or, or one thing or another, but that's, that's what it's about. You have to get, if you don't know the mindset of the customer, um, you're, you're going to operate at a, at a total disadvantage. Like I said, um, know thy customer, all wisdom centers there. Right. Right. And uh, therefore, you know, I think you've already answered what my question was going to be. And that is, is that if you do not know your customer, then interview them, ask them, talk to them. When um, when we owned a coin laundry ourselves, I would go to the laundry and I would observe people's behavior when they pulled up to the front of the laundry. They would get out, they would come in, and they would um, they would put their clothes in the machines and they would wait there. And then I I got the idea: as long as they're there, so are their cars, and so are their floor mats. That they are always worried about getting cleaned and never can figure out how. It's always an irritating pain in the neck. And I tell them, you know, and I put a big sign up that said, while you're here, why not do your floor mats? And you know what they say? Absolutely. Steve Jobs didn't know you. You didn't know you needed a cell phone until Steve Jobs told you you did. And then you said, yeah, that's what I need. Okay. Um, and um, I did another thing, too. And that is, I believe in permission marketing. I don't believe in sit standing in my laundry and shoving my face into some lady's face and telling her, did you know that we, you can drop off your laundry? I'll show you how to turn laundry day into laundry hour. They don't want to hear about that. So I had a button made that cost me $1. I think it went up to $1.50 now. It said, you could be done now. Ask me how. And they're curious because people are curious by nature. And then they say, what does that mean? And then I say, what does what mean? Oh, the button. You're talking about the button. Oh, that means that you can drop your laundry off. We'll do it for you. You get it in here by 10, you'll have it back by five. Right Then the next lady next to her says, what, what did you say? I think 
you have a service that does that? And I said, yeah, we, we can do that for you too. Next thing you know, you're starting a herd sale. Everybody wants to sign up. We've increased, we increased our sales by a ton by doing that. So what you want to do is to um, believe in permission marketing. Never shove yourself into their view, worldview without their permission. And the best way to get their permission is to ask them. Always ask them. You can't go wrong by asking them. And, and it, it has worked very well in the laundry industry. Uh, there are, and you can, de- you can develop uh, a whole sense of trust so that the benchmark, trademark for quality is it's not a such and such uh, um, bomb shelter until I say it is. There's a guy, there's a guy in, in the United States who invented this thing. He was selling pillows. He's, he was sort of a jerky character, but he did his own TV commercials. His mic was called My Pillow. And, and what he was essentially saying was, This is my pillow. It's better than any pillow you can buy, no matter what, or I'll give you your money back. Okay. And, and it actually was a pretty good pillow. He, he would, he fell into great disfavor because he allied himself with Trump and it wasn't the right time to do that. But it was, he, he, the exclusivity of what he was selling you is what got your attention. And, and he would have, you know, sales. But in, in your case, selling a bomb shelter must include, um, you know, fear, greed, exclusivity, guilt, and the need for approval in one form or another, or one, one segment or another. And if you do that, you will touch a nerve, okay? You will touch a nerve. You, you have to touch a nerve because you have, to, you, have to, you have to pinpoint the pain point. And if you pinpoint the pain point and provide a solution for the pain point, they will be your friends forever. They won't use sl- sayings like, well, it's probably just another advertising gimmick. Uh, the guy probably, uh, probably doesn't even live here. Uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's indisputably correct. You have to make your advertising approach, slogan, words, uh, graphics, indisputably correct. There's no way they can dispute it. When I tell people that come to my office, look out the window of my office to see all those cars. Every one of those cars, every one of them does their laundry. Do they all eat Chinese food, pizza? Uh, go to the go to the Red Wings hockey games? No, but they all wash their clothes, and and no matter what, they will do it. And mm-hmm. and they say that's correct. That's <laughs> correct. I I I I proved them wrong before they even express what they think is wrong, and it's been immensely successful. And if you do the same thing with a bomb shelter. And you show one big picture, not a bunch of pictures, all through the stages. And this is a way you can follow your donational bomb shelter being processed. You might, you might even decide to put their name on the bomb shelter uh, being the major contributor. We do. And then, we do. We do. We do that. And, and we find that that is amazing. Because there's your name. And there it is. And there's the location. And anytime you want an update, let me know, and we'll give you an update as to the status of the bomb shelter and how well it's doing. Right, right. We've had we've even had situations where after there's been a uh, a rocket attack, 
Um, and we wound up getting uh, testimonials from people who say, wow, you know, I happened to be in this location and the siren went off and I ran into a bomb shelter and uh, it, it saved our lives. And then we'll go back to the donor with that testimonial and say, wow. you know, you know, you really, it really came through. And you know what they'll, they'll usually say afterwards, they'll go, you know what, I'm going to donate another one. Right. Right. Because, uh, the you know, the, the function of behavior is, it's a, the, the frequency of a behavior is a function of its consequences. That's another good, that's another good rule to, to, to live by. The, the frequency of any behavior is a function of its consequences. If you're only going to stick your finger in the socket once, after that, you're not going to do it again. Okay, you're going to get a shock. You're absolutely right. I, I have, and, 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 you know, I have worked with vendors um, and it did not go well. And it was a one and only experience. That's it. We're not repeating an order with that particular vendor. We're only working with vendors where the, as you say, it's a question of, uh, of uh, the frequency is a question of, of uh, the, uh, the experience. And so, yeah. And you, you just have to, you just have to make sure that you are pinpointing the pain point. If you bring the pain point to their conscious attention, they will then respond in kind. Okay, because you're also providing the solution to the pain point. Yeah, and very, I, very important. I always use the same example, Steve Jobs. When before the cell phone existed, you had no idea that A, it could exist, would exist, or that you even needed one. There are billions of them out there now. Okay, the same thing happened with pickleball. Somebody invented it, and now it's it's taken over the world. Okay, they had no idea that it could happen, would happen. Now that it's happened, they're building pickleball clubs all over the United States and in various parts of the world. So if you can, if you want the major market share in your area now, based upon circumstances, hit the pain points and the solutions. That's, that's, that's the key. And the next time you see an infomercial, I happen to love watching infomercials. I happen to like watching all kinds of commercials because I sometimes think that it, it, it was a terrible commercial because it didn't have all the mechanics in it, uh, attention, interest, desire, and action. It left one or more of them out of there. And um, you can't do that. Um, and as I said, and if, if the five prime, buy, uh, prime buying motives are fear, greed, exclusivity, guilt, and the need for approval, which they are in singular or in combination, and you can get a handle on those and work them into the ADA model, you will be eminently successful. Very good. Because, because you are structurally correct in your commercial. I watch a lot of commercials on TV that are absolutely not structurally correct. They're not structurally correct. Uh, they're incorrect structurally, so they don't produce a, a very good result. But all of my commercials are structurally correct. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, this has been very, very helpful and and really very interesting. And we'll leave it at, uh, you know, we'll leave it with the image of uh, Steve Jobs and and the uh, and the iPhone and and pickleball. I think those are two fabulous images to to have stuck in our mind. Thank you very much. This has been a really a very, very insightful and very exciting conversation. I know. I do this every day. And I and I can predict the outcome. I'm looking out the window of my office now, and I'm looking at all the people out driving by, 
that do exactly what I know they do. That's, <laughs> that you know what that knowledge is worth a lot. A lot. It is worth a lot. There are very fabulous. All right, we'll leave it there. Thank you. My pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Great. All right. Thank you. Be well. My pleasure. Say hello to everybody.